Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Your hosts today, Robbie Rockets, 12617, and the dude, Dariel, are here to bring you a new episode of Spit Wars. Here we go, let's dive in. Darth Vader starting us off in this season. Creepy. I love him showing up because him showing up in season two of Rebels, he means business. And not only is he feared by Rebels throughout this season, but he's feared by his own people. He calls everyone on the spot. It's crazy how Lord Vader pops up and ministers like, oh, Lord Vader, uh, you're here. I didn't think you'd be here. Oh, my God. Him being so feared and even Tarkin is very feared you know as he is mentioned you know no one wants to have to go speak to Tarkin they're like wait I don't yeah. speak to Tarkin yeah it's never a good talk yeah. he never wants to congratulate you so because you know you know Tarkin will pull the trigger on things remember when he had the Grand Inquisitor pull the trigger on killing those two uh dumb and dumber guys last season oh yeah at the academy right yeah so you know you know Tarkin means business but he's not the one to get his hands dirty I'll put it that way this is true Vader is the guy that gets his hands dirty. And he does it so well because he starts off this season like two, three, four steps ahead of the Rebels right off the bat, literally the whole way through. I'm like, yo, these, it's so funny because I'm like, these guys are rookies compared to this guy. Yeah, even when they face off fighting, Vader Vader quickly dispatches of Ezra and Kanan's not even a, a fight. It's not even a, it's like he's a runt, you know? Yeah, like he just pushes him to the side. You know, I I love that raw power from Vader. Like, you know, not falling down and holding the... uh, Yeah, it's something we don't see in the movie. No, we never really got sight of this raw power. We always heard about it. We always see the menacing look of Vader, but we really never get to see him in complete action. Yeah, and him not only in action with his lightsaber, but in space, in his own TIE fighter, going against the whole Phoenix Squadron. Squadron, like nothing, like I got this. And I get chills watching all that because Vader being ahead of all the rebels and everything, like attacking them where it hurts most, like Tarkin Town and knowing who to go after, like uh, Minister Tuwa killing her when the rebels were gonna help and whatnot. It's amazing. I just don't know like how someone of his stature just is like, Snap that snapping for that to happen. Boom, boom, boom. And it's done. He quickly dispatches of everyone. And it's efficient. It's this cold-blooded efficiency that Vader has. And, and it's it's menacing. It is. Because how do you answer it? You like, know that they don't stand a chance. You, and they don't even know if Ahsoka stands a chance against him. I love the power in this episode of The Apprentice Lives this the huge moment the, in the episode yeah. like the closing yeah and speaking to the emperor about it and obviously you now know like anakin skywalker is dead because that's how yeah, darth yeah. vader refers about it all but he just, refers to it at the end of the season yeah even that as well but just hearing those words from like seeing how everything was in the clone wars and just hearing the apprentice lives yes. i'm like oh my gosh and she, yeah. she feels that connection. Yeah, when he passes by in the tie. It's scary, and watching it, 
you're waiting for that encounter. I don't know about you, but I was anxious that whole season, waiting for that showdown. I mean, at this point, I was also anxious. I'm waiting for Ahsoka to just reveal those new lightsabers, you know? Yeah, you're also right. You see those those two blades and you're just like, Uh, when are you going to show them off? Like, come on, just just get to it. Get to it. And when we get the reveal, it's so refreshing. It's, It's definitely a top moment in this season. You know, it's white. Like something. The last different. time we saw something so unique is in the Clone Wars with the dark saber. And now we have white lightsabers. I guess they come in all colors. Yeah, but even our next big moment is we have clones alive. Oh my god! Oh my people, these are my people. And I like what Ahsoka says to Kanan before they go on this mission. Yeah. Whatever you do, just trust me. Just trust them. I love that. So this happening, like where they go to the Celos system and whatnot, I would like the Bad Batch to like show us how Rex linked up with like Wolf and Gregor. Because, all right, Gregor's alive. And he was our awesome clone commando from the Colonel Mieber Gascon arc of all of our droids on the Separatist Dreadnought. Ah, uh, Captain. Cyclops. <laughs> so I want to know, like, how did these guys get through? I, you know, a guy like Gregor, it, to me, so Gregor had the whole, um, what did he have? Amnesia. He had so amnesia. I, when we see Gregor this episode, I'm like, yo, he's, I think he's kind of lost it a little bit. He had the amnesia, you think? the explosion. This guy's a little kooky in the head He has right a now. few screws loose. <laughs> he, he got lost a little somewhere there. And, but, and, and can we not? forget about big bongo (laughs) seriously he's very funny out of rex and wolf i gotta say and my hot take on this right now with wolf showing up and wolf being the most paranoid person out of the three of them the jedi they're here for revenge and wolf is definitely the one who killed plo koon i just i got that hunch i got that hunch of his paranoia and everything he fits the profile to me in all honesty i believe it i mean they weren't doing anything. He had to have killed them. Yeah, he must have killed them when they were chilling. Yeah, because we 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 all know your your uh, thoughts about the wolf pack. The wolf, <laughs> Coon and the wolf pack. They're doing nothing. Why weren't they at the fucking siege of Mandalore? Those rants always had me dying. I have to say. But... And then you have Gregor being a little snitch. No, not, not Gregor. Wolf. Wolf I was mean, the snitch. Yeah, Wolf. You're right. Wolf. You know what's so funny? You think about it. At the start of last season and the start of this season, we had two snitches. C-3PO and Wolf. You're right. These motherfuckers. Two snitches. Do we get a snitch in season three? I don't remember right oh, now. Oh, wait. Oh, we do, don't we? we do. I think we do. I can't so, wait to start it and see I'm not going to say who I think it is, but we'll wait. We'll wait for the next <laughs> episode because it's a good one. But uh, I do want to point out the funny uh, thing that Rex says when Wolf fires at Kanan and everyone. I love how he says, oh yeah, it's just a slight weapons malfunction. <laughs> I, I always got to throw that in there because I think the weapons malfunction is just the best. But, it's a good one. It's a classic. <laughs> yes. And thank God for this year giving us season seven of the Clone Wars because Rex's famous line here, oh, so Katano, I fought with her from the Battle of Christophsis all the way to the Siege of Mandalore. And we're like, what the fuck was the Siege of Mandalore? Yeah, let's let's do a little rewind. Rewind. I don't know where I am. Episode three of uh, season two, Star Wars Rebels, has just premiered. I realize Rex is alive. He mentions the Battle of Christophsis. 
we all know this as the Clone Wars movie. Then he says the Siege of Mandalore. And I sit there and I say, what the fuck is the Siege of Mandalore? When did it happen? Now we're just going to fast forward to the present time. And uh, I finally saw season seven and the Siege of Mandalore. And oh my God. It all just fits so beautifully. Yeah. And so much, so much of what happens in this season of Rebels with Ahsoka, I am no Jedi and everything. It's amazing that she was that character in season seven of yes. the Clone Wars. It's like nothing had changed. It was like everything fit in perfectly like a glove. I, I love it. Say. I thought it was actually amazing because we see season seven. Now we're watching Rebels and it all makes sense. And now it feels even better to see Rex because we know what happens at the end of the Clone Wars series. And now we have these clones here. We have Ahsoka alive. We have Darth Vader. It's like, it's a melting pot. I wish at some point we, we even got a Rex and Vader confrontation. That would have been awesome. I would have loved something like that because Rex even refers to his old Jedi general, Anakin. All the he time. Never, he never Especially says his name. Especially when he's teaching Ezra. But like him just talking about it. And I love him helping them out, giving them the intel and everything, even though like they had their whole scuffle and wolf and everything. But I love when he mentions about all the things like the base locations. I love when he mentions the pirate hideout. I'm like, that's definitely Florum. Yeah. 100% it's Florum. Absolutely Florum. I'm like, oh boy, Florum. That's what I immediately, when I think at when he said pirate, boom, Florum. How many times were we on that planet in the Clone Wars series? Yeah, let's be real. Whether it was uh, good or bad, or both. Yeah, true. (laughs) To be honest, you never know what you're going to encounter on that damn planet. Planet. Yeah, you never knew if you were going to get a a good Hondo, dickhead Hondo, a soft Hondo. I'm only here to steal Hondo's ships. I have to say, uh, Rex challenging Callus and the stormtroopers i was like this is great the clone is going against the stormtroopers him Take him down that and then later on in the season when we have rex and clone and not even clone in, in uh stormtrooper storm armor. armor that was yeah. great you know what i found funny about all that is that kanan is taller than rex rex in rex the, very in the, he's very uh armor. he very got a little full. chunky he got a little, a little chunky, thick you know a bit thick He's a big boy. I love the bond that him and Kanan form because hearing Rex say the words, I always trust my general, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good, you know, duo of things happening and a good team joining here. I loved is how much Kanan hated Rex. He couldn't forgive him or the clones. And we see that throughout the whole season that he just does not trust Rex. He thinks Rex is going to betray him at some point. Because of what happened during Order 66 and him seeing his master get murdered by their own troopers. Yeah, like it's very, very difficult for them to come to a point. In all honesty, if I was Kanan in the elevator with Rex in the stormtrooper gear, I just would have been like... A little short for a stormtrooper. Just my honest opinion. (laughs) He is. Does that mean clone troopers were shorter than stormtroopers? Also, change. I don't know biology. Do you do you get shorter when you get older? I don't know. I, I don't thing? know. Some people say that. So, you know, not, right. not 100% sure. Okay. Well, there we go. But, but then we solved the problem. But I got to say, the Rex Ahsoka reunion, the whole thing of the Phantom so rescuing the clones, it's all, to me, I had the nostalgia of the Clone Wars happening right here. 
Yeah. All at once. I, I felt the same way. I was like, this is what I'm talking about. This is stuff you love to see. Because yeah. we, see, we see Rex and Ahsoka reunite and they hug each other. And it's like, as a fan, you just think back to all the times Ahsoka and Rex fought side by side. Yeah. And like, you, knowing that they probably haven't seen each other in years. Yeah, because of the hidden messages that Wolf wouldn't let Rex see when she was trying to reach out to him. So, that's, so that was another thing. So it's like, oh my God, like, like you fangirl for a second yeah right (laughs) but coming along we're meeting or seeing characters now come about like we have now a seventh sister a fifth brother that was actually pretty cool zeb sabine ezra medical station chopper nothing too crazy happening there they just know there's more of them out there knowing that there's more to me is so chilling because we know that there's more. The thing is, is they didn't realize, no one knew that there were more Inquisitors. They thought that there was this Grand Inquisitor and now Darth well, Vader. When I, when I remember when I first saw the show and I saw that there were two more Inquisitors, I was like, whoa, there's two more? So, and now you know that they go by like a brother and a sister. Sister, yeah. So that was all like very interesting. And so we, we meet them. But then after all this scuffle and everything, we get to see our good friend, Hondo Hondo Onaka. Onaka. I love Hondo. One of my favorite people from the Clone Wars. He's one of your guys. I gotta say, Hondo's got a new look on him. He's older. His, like, fangs, I guess, out of his face are grown out since we've last seen him in the Clone Wars. Think about it. This is, like, we're going back at least 15, almost 20 years years. in a sense. Also, we see Hondo crewless, which is a weird sight for Hondo. We're not used to that, yeah. We're programmed to know that Hondo is all about his crew. He'll do anything for his crew. And right now, it's him only working for himself and everything. And I gotta say, I love, first of all, now Ezra is Lando Calrissian. Oh, he's no longer Jabba. Yeah, so we got Lando Calrissian. And it's so funny because Hondo knows who Lando is. Only by reputation. He's like, oh, you're younger than I expected. expected. Like, okay. Uh, Chopper is the biggest badass this episode. Dual wielding the guns at As Morgan. Awesome. Unbelievable. I have not oh, seen I love when, when, when As Morgan reveals that Ezra is not Lando Calrissian. Oh, that's great. Uh, and Hondo is like, so you lied to me. Man, I knew I, like I liked you. you. <laughs> oh, it's so funny how like Ezra does like Hondo tactics. And you don't even think about it. And then Hanto's like, oh, man, you are good. I knew I trained you well. Like, it just... Yeah, and he didn't even train him. <laughs> he just and met. It's so funny because Ezra almost has a thought of going with Hondo from their, like, little adventure happening right here. You know, and Visago and everything. It's so yeah. funny how everyone's almost against each other, then they're with each other, and each then other, everyone's just trying to get what they want. Everyone's That's just trying to survive. And, and Ezra does all this because he doesn't want to deal with responsibility, which I think is huge. It is, because we learn that this kid now, you know, we know Ezra is this 15-year-old kid. And as a 15-year-old, I get obviously it's tough when you are nobody. In a sense, you know. It's tough when you're nobody. It's tough when you have no parents. It's tough when you're fighting rebellion. It's even tougher when you have to train to be a Jedi and then train battle tactics. This is why he needs to learn prioritization. Time management, you're right. That's what it comes down to for the kid. It also doesn't help that his two mentors are constantly at each other's necks. He felt the need to run away from that. 
he just he he grows past all this though as we like move along even um i love hondo paying his little uh you know, old ways as always, and saying how his best friend was a Jedi, and we he all was know my that. best. Or I think he was my best friend. Yeah, right. I would, hold, I would like to think he's my best friend. <laughs> so he honestly, he cracks me up, and even Chopper cracked me up that episode with the dual wielding guns. Like, yeah, just Chopper just shooting stuff. at everyone. But um, another big reveal next episode. It's the first time we actually hear that Hera's last name is Sindula. You're right. It was the first time we never heard it in season one. And we finally hear, whoa, Sindula. Okay. Sounds familiar. This is a little interesting. Where have I heard that name before? Yeah, right? And that is because of our good friend, Cham Sindula. Oh, I remember. So it's crazy how they started mentioning her name, like, in this episode. It just carries along with going forward. Like, it eventually brings us to Cham Sindula and... We get like a, I feel like to me, we get like a, a little homage here to the Clone Wars. We do. This I think ep- this whole season is a homage to Clone Wars. You know, we, there's like so much nostalgia. I just yeah. love that word. I just love that word right now. It just works so well. So does Hollywood. Hollywood also loves that word because they keep giving it to us. Yeah. To me, this episode reminded me of what's technically considered the first episode of the Clone Wars. Uh, I think it was Cat and Mouse. Anakin having to use this stealth ship against Admiral Trench, and now Hera has to use this ship that has never been flown, no less. The B-Wing. To me, I like this episode for her, and for, I'll say for Rebels and Clone Wars in general, because I feel like we never get something for a pilot, really. We have gotten- And it's so crazy how the emphasis on Star Wars, especially in the original trilogy, is- being a pilot, like a pilot saves the day. What does Luke want to be? Pilot at the Academy. There's like, so many things about pilots and you just want, I guess, more or see a pilot's journey. And for this, you have this guy, Quarry, who won't let anyone fly that ship unless you prove yourself. And I feel like we never see that because we always see the Jedi or a Sith try and prove themselves, let alone clone troopers trying to prove themselves like Domino Squad, for example. Now we're getting a look at a pilot finally do it. And lo and behold, this motherfucking pilot gets it done because she becomes the leader of Phoenix Squadron after all this. Yeah, huge. Awesome. Puts everything on the line. And just so she could save the day. It's almost like her talking about the liberation of Ryloth here was something she's looking back at her past and like, you know what? No, this is what I got to do now. This is what happened. Here's where I am and let's do it. And yeah. she gets it done. We have this like freaking almost like a Death Star looking beam coming out of that ship, no less. And Callus is like, oh my God, what the fuck? He just gets shocked every time. This whole season, he's shocked by everything. Yo, the the amount of times he gets bested this season. It's kind of like upsetting (laughs) because you kind of want him to get at least one win, at least one. And he can't get it. It's... It's annoying. What's so funny is now that following episode, we get a reference to the Black Sun with Sabine. Yeah. I'm like, we get oh, more, man. we get Mandalorian. And we, we all know who some of the Black Sun are because we know that they're gangsters. We know that they're gangsters. We get a little pay to that. And I found it funny in this episode because the Rise of Skywalker took something from this episode where Sabine says to her friend Ketsu, You are a bounty hunter? Like the whole thing of the You are yeah. a bounty hunter <laughs> happening. I'm like, Spice. You're a spice runner? You're a stone trooper? Were you a spice runner? Were you a scavenger? We could do this all night. You don't have all night. 
you were Wait, a bounty Sabine, hunter. you were a bounty hunter? <laughs> to me, I'm like, that's hysterical. You know, and it, it was nice this episode, I gotta say, just to see a little, like, I guess, more backstory to Sabine. Imperial Academy, this is a friend that helped bust her out, and they basically, they become friends again, and this yeah. friend is basically a part of the rebellion. Like, we Becomes just, a new ally, yeah. Growing bigger and bigger. Yeah, they're recruiting a lot of people. It's cool. As the season progresses, you see the fleet get a little bit bigger. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, no. From the, it, it, like, from the first episode to when a certain uh, princess gives us ships, like, and they're it, going to their new base. You know, It's, it, like, insane, the addition that they've made. Yeah. Like, wow, they're actually doing something. I compare a lot of Rebels is the longer version of The Force Unleashed to me, in a sense. You know, okay. because we get our first look at, like, the Rebellion logo through this series because Sabine mm-hmm. spray paints it and stuff. And that video game showed us how the Rebellion started, you know, with the logo on the table at the end of the video game. Yeah. So I see, I feel like a lot of uh, stuff also comes from that. In nice the- little callbacks. Yes. And me, uh, that's, one of the, that's one of the best Star Wars games out there, too. So the first yeah, one. Yeah, one of them. The one first them. one. I won't say it's the best Star Wars. No, no, game. it's not the best. It is one of the best, I think. And I, our good friend R2 makes his good old appearance in this R2. Episode. I love you, R2. I just, uh, I got to give you a recognition at least. From that episode now, having something from the Rise of Skywalker, you know, well, not from the Rise of Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker taking something from here. Now true, The true. Last Jedi takes something almost similar in the next episode where this ship pulls ships out of hyperspace but meanwhile, in The Last Jedi, this ship could track you track in hyperspace. You, yeah. A lot of uh, recurring themes, in a sense, or We know, see a lot of experimental, yeah, experimental stuff that the Empire, I guess, tried, get perfected later on. And it really didn't work out. And obviously, it seemed like it was working out 30 to 50 years later, you know, since we're still before A New Hope right now in that time span. Four years before, yeah, you're correct. You're right. You know, I, I find that stuff very interesting when it all goes down and whatnot. But um, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I to me, it, see, I'm actually surprised you didn't think about that because that's your no, favorite Star Wars movie. It is, but I wasn't. I, you know yeah. what? I love the movie so much, but I'm not sitting there thinking like, oh, wow, the, the ship pull, you know, the ship tracks the yeah. hyperspace. And I'm like, because I guess I noticed it with, in season one with the little device that they shot on the ship to yeah. track them. Mm-hmm. I think that was more relatable. But I didn't make the connection with in this season with that ship that pulls you out of hyperspace. I mean, me, I sometimes I go psycho crazy and I like, oh, wow, I just figured that out. You know, yeah. I get on a, a binge tear. I, I see oh, that. Well, I, I got to say, <laughs> something that really helps the Rebels is, first of all, the Empire. How stupid can you be that you use the same code lingo that clones used? Yeah, well... N- <laughs> I'm not going to blame them because who's going to think, oh my God, the clones are going to get us. You never know if you come across what, something. What I call, what I think is stupid is when Agent Callis tells them, oh, hold them there, put the complete ship on lockdown, put them in max security. <laughs> and you have this other idiot like, yeah, sure. And he I'll show Callis. Yeah, I'll show Callis I got these guys. Callis just told you. That he's been bested by these guys. And listen, I know Callus didn't say how many times he's been bested by them. But yeah, because you don't need to disclose that. <laughs> he's He's been bested by them a little the too whole few many times. Up to this point, you know? yeah. <laughs> but you know what it is to me? It's like there are a lot of remnants left of the Clone Wars. And I feel like there's a lot of scavengers out there. And listen, 
there are rebel scavengers out there, no less. Don't get me wrong. What if a rebel scavenger just comes across a you know, a mainframe and a cruiser that's in the ground and now gets lingo of the empire like that easily. It's actually almost the same as like we saw Rex literally just give the whole lingo. And I love Kanan trying to understand it, but that's just the whole new language to him. I mean, he doesn't treat himself like a soldier. It's actually one of his objections to joining the this rebel alliance. And He's been in one war already. I, I gotta give uh, Chopper mad credit props right here for getting the instant replay. Ezra. And Rex getting their asses kicked by Re- uh, Ezra. That was priceless. I love how him. Ezra just goes, yeah, no, they they came up behind you and they shot you. I, I gotta say, this season I felt like was a lot funnier than the previous it was season. Fun. It's funnier, but I think everyone is funnier. This like, comedy for coming from all ends. And usually, like they all had like their own unique style of comedy where I think season one was primarily coming from chopper and any bicker between like ezra and zeb Zeb, yeah those those that was your comedy from that season and then now you have everyone just like pitching in to me i i crack up the whole time i'm watching i'm like this is great he got that on instant replay like how much better could it be you got you love to see it but very big moment in this episode with rex's capture kanan rescuing him and the whole thing of calling him a friend and respecting him at the end boom that was just awesome for it to really, that was they like- They finally the real, buried the hatchet, yeah. The real solidification for it. Of their friendship, yeah. Because they realized they have more in common than, than they do apart. Like they both fought yeah. in the same war together. They both understand what it is to be the other person. You know, I, I, I love that stuff. And you know, Rex working with Jedi again. It's meant to be. But And, we, and then we get children stealing again, right after. It's basically our homage to the Clone Wars, Cad Bane with the Holocron. Now we got seventh and seventh sister, fifth brother. We even get ah- Ahsoka telling us. Yes. Oh, the, I've seen this happen before in the Clone Wars. The best part, her saying that, but we get the best, best look of Ahsoka, I think. My opinion, I was gonna ask you, what your favorite look is because I, you know, she has three looks. She's got the green sabers, the blue sabers, and now we get the reveal of the new white lightsabers with the curve yeah. for these sabers. This is my favorite look of Ahsoka. It I, is mine. It's my favorite lightsaber aesthetic. Well, second favorite. Can't I can't knock Count Dooku's curved blade. Yeah, that's the well, full, I refuse to I refuse curve. to knock that. So at first, my favorite lightsabers were Dooku and Asajj, because Asajj also has the curve, and she sometimes combines them, like, it goes like that and everything, you know, left and right, but seeing Ahsoka, I'm like, all right, Dooku, Ahsoka, Asajj, you just got drunk. The fact that they're, like, the blade is curved, it gives you samurai vibes. This is what I want to see. I want to see these white lightsabers in The Mandalorian. I I would love that. See my white lightsabers in the middle. I want to see white lightsabers against the dark saber. Yes, black and white going against each other would be amazing. Amazing, absolutely amazing. That is one of the top moments right there. Is that this whole episode that made the whole? And we episode. even get like we see her fight. Yeah, and going she does the two of them like light work. It's light work for her to go up against oh. these two. It's crazy because we've seen this before season seven of the Clone Wars. This 
was like she really has freaking grown because technically the last time we saw her she was left the jedi order jedi order we never saw anything after that so to see her there i'm like yo this girl has fucking trained so well and matured but as she amazing. tells us all the time she's not a jedi yes which is fine and i just gotta point out i don't know if you agree with me or d- disagree with me but I think probe, probe droids are the social media in Star Wars. You got to watch much. what you say. Like, <laughs> almost. I hate that probe. Now that you bring up probe droids, I hate that little probe droid. I hate it. Oh, Every one, time it popped up. The one, the one that the seventh sister has, right? Yeah. Her, Just, her little probe droid. I'm like. Oh, get it out of here. Get it out of here. I'm surprised nobody smashed it. Yeah, seriously. And there's one episode in particular where I hate it the most. I guess that's a little ahead. Yeah, it's towards the end of the season. Now, speaking of Ezra, so we get some good looks at Ezra now, these next couple episodes. First of all, him being now with his vision, jumping to conclusions almost. I gotta say, him knocking Callus straight on his ass, outstanding. Ezra and- has some moments this season, I will say. He has a lot of moments. And, and you see that he's really grown as a fighter. The only thing was, is after he knocked Callus on his, on his ass, the problem was, Great kid! Don't get cocky! But he did. He tried to go against Always. two Inquisitors. But I, I'm glad that Ezra got closure for what happened to his parents from um, Ryder Azadi. That was also kind of cool. You know, the former governor of Thal, he was part of the outbreak with his parents and they unfortunately died i'm getting the chills because i'm about to say it right now the thing i loved about that episode a certain princess that's coming up next but the big moment of how azadi talks about how his parents heard his message in season one that really touching he always heard about how his parents like spoke out with the against the empire and now when the one time he speaks out his parents are like, all right, now we have to do this. Our son just said this. Let's do it. To me, that was one of the most touching things. But can you imagine if he heard what Zebo had to say? No, it's true. He wouldn't. I don't think he would have put the message out because immediately after he would have tried to save them. He would have tried to look for them. But as Kanan and Hera came across, they had that huge map where they, they narrowed it down. It looked like 150 things they narrowed it yeah. down to. Like, that's huge. So I could understand. They didn't want to give him the false hope for it. Listen, man, he's growing strong and he's keeping his head up. But as you were going to say, the former princess, uh, not former princess, the princess right now. We have a certain Princess Leia making an appearance, which I love the fact that we're seeing her from the show. Like, I don't know, when this show got announced, when it first came out, I was waiting to see, oh, my God, who from the original trilogy are we going to see? Like, And of course, when they're talking about Rebels, you got to talk about Leia. You can't not show Leia. You can't not. Is it me or is it funny that Ezra and Leia are the same age? Yeah. Like, so you think about it. Ezra, Luke, and Leia are the same Same age. age. Yeah. Like, how crazy is that? Because Leia, obviously, she's a princess. She's got to seem more mature. But she looks a couple years older than Ezra. She does, but you're right. They are the same age. When you think about it, because Empire Day is when the Galactic Empire started. Ezra was born then and... I guess Luke and Leia were born probably like maybe two days before or something. A week or a, a week or you know, so after. But they're yeah. all they're all the same age. I never even put. I never even thought about it. I was like, holy crap! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! But you're absolutely right. Wow, Rob, you are putting me through the ringer this episode. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm realizing things I never thought about before. 
listen, you're, I didn't you're even showing realize me these to things. a new way of the forest, man. I didn't even realize some of these things until I rewatched the season. I go, hold on, this can't be right. And I'm like, wait a minute, it it is right. Like, holy crap. If we were to have seen Ezra in the sequel trilogy, he would have been the same age as Luke. Yeah. How scary is that? Ooh, I don't even <laughs> want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Just want to run that out there for you. But uh, I love how Princess Leia shows up and the whole thing of her getting kidnapped. I'm going to throw that in air quotes or taken yeah. hostage, air quotes. Just like but, her, her ships always get stolen in air quotes you know yeah this is how like you said earlier how big the rebellion can become getting all these ships and everything i gotta say expanding man absolutely love kanan running around with a lightsaber and stormtrooper gear hysterical i that's absolutely hysterical i gotta say like you can't not laugh at that and i love ezra getting a chance to actually stun leia that was kind of funny too i'm like that was so funny gotta make it look real you know? It's not the it's not the first time we've seen her get stunned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the whole thing of making things look real, I love when Zeb does that in this episode too, making it look real on, on Kanan and Ezra. By hitting, yeah, hitting Kanan and Ezra. <laughs> first of all, the Stormtrooper goes, wait a minute, they take hostages now? <laughs> I guess so. It it's really hilarious is. if you really think about it. And then we're thrown into Concord Dawn. Yo, Mandalorians thrown into the mix. And we find out more about Sabine. More about Sabine and a little more about the Clone Wars. We learned that there was a battle of Maikido, that kind of stuff. Fenral. And there were Mandalorians that fought with the Republic. But Sabine's the biggest reveal. You want to say it? What clan are you from? I'm from Clan Wren of House Vizsla. <gasps> She's Death Watch. The chills I get from that. I'm like, this is great. Hell, man. I mean... No wonder why she loves to blow shit up. Let's be real. I love her fighting with Kanan in this episode. Yo, so it's We crazy. get some Jedi versus... Mando. Mandal- action. Yeah, action. You know, it's like... They really don't crap. agree with each other. You know, the whole thing of different tactics. And hey, listen, I mean, I guess you got to use aggressive negotiations when you can. Take the leader and now you have Mandalorians at your side. You forced, the, you forced your hand. That kind of works. I'll take it. You know, why not? You know, a lot, a lot of background happens, you know, throughout this, se- this season too. Because we even now know that the Lasat are still alive. And yeah. that Zeb is a chosen one. And That's Zeb, even cool. We also find out Zeb is the captain yeah. of an honor guard. Like, this is, this is amazing. And we get the first mention of Wild Space. Yes. You know, and not even just Wild Space, but different words for the Force. Yeah. You know, through, yeah, through, you know, um, the terminology of the Lasats. And it's great to know that, obviously, they could still travel to this area of Lirasan, the true prophecy world for the Lasats. I think that that's that's awesome. And they that get, is, yeah, if they find any more Lasat, bring them home. That's all you got to do. It's amazing that they're learning about everything going on because even jumping after this, the Purgle, creatures that creatures. can jump into hyperspace. Just, no technology. I don't get it. It almost, you know what it semi reminded me of? The Leviathans in Mass Effect 3. The ones that didn't become Reapers yet. Yeah, I got I got chills like thinking about that. But I gotta say, you know, Ezra learning to control the Purgles, you know, with the animals and everything. We get to see, yeah, that's like his specialty, talking and to nat- nature. Not even just that. I love him being able to control the creatures of this size and a large group of them without tapping into the dark side, like we saw 
in season one against yeah he just communicated with them like he knew right away that these things fed off the fuel they needed help and he had a hunch the whole episode i gotta say it's gotta be tough being a damn rebel you're always looking for fucking fuel yeah i never realized how like to me i i I think to myself i'm like you can't go to a a station with and pay for some credits man no because they're wanted but I mean, you gotta, they gotta have some sort of funding in a sense somewhere. Like there's gotta be money thrown away by Bail Organa somewhere. I feel like he has to have like- He's not washing money, man. Yeah. He's not trying to get caught. I guess. There's no open rebellion. You know, we still true. have the Senate. I am the Senate. Well, the last vestiges of the old Republic are gone. The Senate is no more. The, lo- the local governors will keep charge and fear will keep the local systems in line. It's actually crazy that you mentioned that because to think of that like eradicating itself almost 20 years later. Like, it him, yeah, it took them 20 years to eliminate that's pretty, that. That's pretty wild. That you know? last part So right of now the we're in like, we're right now with the show of Rebels, we're in the last like count like countdown years of the senate the senate yeah and we see a return to another clone war character cham sin doula with the honorable mention of mace windu uh that's what you're hyped about i'm hyped about the bromance between kanan and cham i think that's hysterical master windu told me so many stories about you (laughs) i gotta say i love your dad i love your dad cham still wants to destroy shit you know he doesn't he he wants something better it, for his cause than now. Yeah. his daughter's cause you know and i love the 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 reveal obviously this is where you finally hear the reveal of hera and cham father daughter and you know her being i guess that little girl and the liberation of ryloth yeah i gotta say I, I finally like how ezra got the jedi mind trick down this episode finally jesus christ ezra <laughs> took you long enough buddy you know i'm glad that everything came to terms here you know, between the father and daughter and everything. This was an yeah, honest a little thing. happy ending. And who would have thought the Geonosians eradicated next episode? There's oh, no life on the planet of Geonosis. I wouldn't have thought that. Like, yeah, I told, yeah, the people that helped build the Death, that had the plans for the Death Star from the Separatists, yeah, they'd be left alive. Listen, I would have kept them somewhere and still would have used them as slaves. You use the Wookiees as slaves. Why not just keep them to use them as slaves? Because they right? know too much. They're a loose end. The Wookiees aren't a loose end. We that's know true. the we know the Emperor does not like loose ends. Yeah, this is true. He panics when he's when he finds he, out. He he quivers in his boots, as you like to say. <laughs> Ooh, quivering in his boots. <laughs> but this episode is one of the best out of re- like respect, mutual understanding of episodes. And for a moment, you wouldn't think some of the things would have happened here between you know Callus and. Uh, Zeb being stranded on a planet in this yeah. Geonosian system. On the, yeah, on a moon of Geonosis. Having to work together. And we learn more about Callus. We learn, we find out he's he, not so bad. He's And we don't, he's not the guy we think he is because the whole time we think he has the bow rifle because murder trophy. He actually has it because of honor and tradition. And I was like, yo, he, he puts on that like face, makes him seem like he's the real badass guy he is but he's really he, not and what's awesome is when zeb challenges him and he goes yeah you didn't know the empire was killing all these people and he goes no i didn't ask questions like why would i think that the empire would do that like he truly believes the empire is this sense of this is the source of good and peace in the republic in the not the republic in the galaxy yeah and he's finally questioning like oh wait maybe there is something wrong 
And it's crazy because Zep doesn't even speak of this when he gets rescued. That's Obviously, Callus isn't going to mention anything of it. You would think Zeb would mention it to his crew, but, but he doesn't. He doesn't at all. And I got to like, say, a lot of crazy moments here where you would have thought like Callus shoots have shot. his creature yeah. instead of Zeb. Like, I was like, yo. He's going to shoot Zeb. The whole episode, I'm like, when is he going to shoot Zeb? When is yo, he going to shoot Zeb? Me too. And I was like, yo, I, I got to say, that's. Guy some, is not as bad as I thought he was. No. That's some serious and profound respect. When it finishes and he finally gets back to the Empire, it's kind of sad. It is. He's He sits in his quarters just trying to figure out, I feel like, holy crap. Like, these guys didn't give a shit that I was gone. Because he's realizing he doesn't have friends. Yeah. Nobody cares about him. He's friends expendable. Him. Yeah, he thought the Empire loved him so much they'd send a... A search party. What is this? This isn't the Republic. No, this isn't a rebellion. I mean, it is a rebellion, but like for him, it's not. He's trying to stop it. Some serious thinking to be done for uh, our good friend, Agent Callus. I gotta say. Following that, I feel like we get the biggest like start of an action-packed episode right now. From the start, Kanan and Ezra are fighting the two Inquisitors. Like, yeah, the way this episode starts, real like, action-packed, in your face. Grabs you straight in. And it's not even that. It's just, first of all, Ezra again, controlling more animals to make their escape. And of course. the sight of Anakin in the holocron. Training Ahsoka. The whole thing. And of, even Ezra is saying, oh, I watched that one. I watched that video sometimes. It's so funny because Ahsoka says there, after he says that, yeah, the last time I saw him was he was going to save the Chancellor and I was off to Mandalore. I was like, wow, Siege of Mandalore, Revenge of the Sith. Oh my God, thank you. At the same time. It's funny when season seven comes out, you don't even piece that together. No, but now that you've watched this again, you're like, holy shit, man. They've alluded to this. It's it's all connected, man. It's all connected. It's like, do you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I do not. Okay, well, there's an episode where they're interning and they're trying to figure out like the mail. And... One of them has a board filled with like all his conspiracy theories on where the mail is going and who's taking it. And he's like, it's all connected, man. It's oh. all connected. <laughs> wow. And that's how I felt hearing that. Everything was pretty well connected when these three go into the Jedi Temple on Lothal. Ahsoka can't open it because she's no Jedi. This oh, I've whole heard that theme before. of I am no Jedi still coming into factor here. But How many more times will I hear it? I gotta say, three amazing things happening here, and it's awesome. Kanan goes against the Temple Guardian, is knighted to a Jedi Knight status by the Grand Inquisitor. This is yeah, where you actually find, find the reveal of it all. We find, find out. out that I was a Jedi Knight, just yeah. like you. And we get Ezra, Ezra speaking to Yoda. to Yoda. The mention of Malachor. I got. Knights of the Old Republic 2 vibes. I'm sorry, but I just want to touch on the conversation between Ezra and Yoda. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, we are. I just, I love how amazing it felt just seeing Ezra speak to Yoda and finding out that Yoda was scared. Yes. The fear he talks about from season six. The fear of losing everything. The lost missions, man. And then saying we were dragged into the war out of our own arrogance, like legit calling out the Jedi, acknowledging his failure and saying, I don't think you need to fight. Like almost telling Ezra, be patient. There's no way to solve this. It's ever changing. And I love that we always see Ezra in this like weird cosmic space. And you love that, the cosmic force and everything. So 
I love anything in the force, man. You delve deeper <laughs> into it. I'm just like, give it, give it to me. It's yeah, dope. But um, not only that, Ahsoka also has some trauma she has to let go of. Confrontation of the truth, kind of like the correlation of Anakin and a certain Sith Lord being yeah. the same. That was, and she kind of like blames herself. Yeah, that she's the reason why he turned. She knew. She knew. She knew it. She always <laughs> knew. She always knew. You but, can't tell me she didn't. Even watching season season seven, The Clone Wars, you know, the yeah. second to last episode. No, I know. I mean, she, she knew. She's, she's living in a lie. She's telling herself a lie. But And then blaming her. And then, like, the fact that she finally lets go is so huge to me. Because you can't, bl- she can't blame herself. Because no. he was a whiny little brat. It's just how it is. Yeah. He, <laughs> Unfortunately. He yeah. He had to let go. I love that they leave. They'll have to go to Malachor. Vader shows up into this temple, meeting his Inquisitors that found it. I love when the Inquisitors see the Grand Inquisitor, but he's the Temple Guardian, temple and then they guardian. have to fight them all. That was actually pretty interesting, I have to say. And then we see a flash of light, and Vader congratulating his Inquisitors on their discovery. Yeah, you usually don't see a lot of congratulatories going around, in all honesty. Especially from, from Vader. Yeah, no less from your top-notch Sith Lord right there. I gotta say, before we head to Malachor, we at least establish our own new base, secret base and everything. Finally have that established, thank God. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you were thinking, will they ever find the base? And we finally get our chopper friend, I want to say, like AP5 being the chopper friend, like R2-D2 and C-3PO. They were very similar to R2-D2 and C-3PO. The only difference is AP5. He's, like, not as snooty as 3PO, but still annoying. Like, constantly telling him the... Instead of telling him the odds, he's telling him the statistical probability of a plan working out. Yeah. That's a, dumb, that's a stupid plan. It only has 10% <laughs> chance of, success, of succeeding. But it's funny because this that happening and everything, that was our first droid episode, really. When you we know? had so... I mean, we didn't have so many in the Clone Wars, but we had a few. You know, it only felt that way just because of you would count it by arcs, in a sense. That's true. They're not um, random adventures of the day. Yeah. Or all of the week. But I gotta say, we finally have all of that. We get our own base, which they obviously have an issue Some with issues. the creatures. Ezra trying to figure out how to tame these creatures. Can't completely so, figure it out. Yeah, listen, man. You're, he's still growing with the Force. Yeah, so. you gotta practice makes perfect. This was actually, if I'm correct... Wasn't this our first scene at Moray when we find that base? I think Moray was revealed for the first yes, time. she is. But Moray is shown, which we know this relates to the Mortis arc into the Clone Wars and also Moray being shown in the finale of which, the season seven. As our listeners know, we are strong believers that the Moray arc, the Mortis arc happened. Yes. Well, you know, some people think it didn't happen. That shit happened. So make sure you- You're not going to tell me it didn't. Make sure you don't forget it. But finally- we are on Malachor. We are at our finale. I love Malachor. I get the Night Seal Republic 2 vibes going on here. Yeah. It's, like, um, it's very similar to the Knights of the Old Republic 2. Oh, Sith Temple and everything. It seems to be a graveyard. And who would have thought when... So now we... First of all, we have another Inquisitor. This is our third Inquisitor. Yeah. So a third Inquisitor. Ezra separated now from Kanan and Ahsoka. And finally, my long-awaited friend is revealed in this finale. My oh, good you mean friend. an old master? Yes, an old master. A guy by the name, originally known as Darth Maul. But 
later on in this episode, it's just Maul, even though it was kind of becoming Maul at the end of Clone Wars. Clone Wars, yeah. Even when we meet Maul and he, Ezra says, oh, my real name isn't Jabba. Yeah. It's Ezra oh, Bridger. Yeah. And Maul's like, oh, Jabba. Don't remember the last time I had a real name. I just go by Maul now. I'm like, oh my God, you're right. I don't know. We don't know Darth Maul's real name. No. Well, not Darth Maul, Maul. Yeah, we, we just know Maul. We know he's a savage. And I had to say, Chopper beasting at that Inquisitor, the eighth brother. That was pretty kick-ass. Not gonna lie. Said to stay with the ship. And guess what? He glad, I'm glad he didn't stay with the ship. At the ship. Maul, Ezra, rule of two. Open up a Sith temple right now. Ezra it's gets a Sith holocron. Do you think Yoda purposely sent Ezra to Malachor? Well, sent all of them to Malachor to test them? Yeah, 100%. And I think Ezra has a lot to do with it because of his first meeting with Yoda and, like, that cosmic entity and everything. Ezra, like, there was a lot of fear and anger and stuff. and To see if Ezra will be tempted. Because, you know, it's not the first time we've had a quote-unquote chosen one not be or, who we... Or someone trying to want to learn both ways as well. Also true. You know, that happening is pretty crazy. And our three Inquisitors versus Kanan, Ahsoka, Ezra, and Maul, that's just kick-ass, bro. That is kick-ass. Kick ass. Oh, my that God. That was a crazy fight. And the interaction of Ahsoka and Maul is the first since the Clone Wars. Also true. To see this happen, it's like, whoa, hold on a she sec. She takes care of him pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Just like she but, did back then. Yeah. I gotta say, the four of them working together, though, I'm like, yo, this is like the most unlikely team you would ever see. To get that holocron up to unlock the secrets of everything. I gotta we say- We find something out about this holocron. Yes. And this temple. It's a uh, battle station. Yeah. Just like it was in a certain video game. Hence, Knights of the Republic 2, if they carry over- the Legends continuity That Legends, yeah, 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 yeah. So, because this would, to me, Mandalorian Wars vibes over here from the Legends timeline. Just saying. Same, same. Just saying. Because we also had our first But we look. also noticed, like, it looks like, because we hear that what happened on Malachor is a Jedi versus Sith conflict. Whereas in yeah. the Knights of the Old Republic 2, it's Jedi Mandalorian conflict. Yes. And... I think it's cool that we see something. We see a little something, but I'm pretty sure you'll save that for our segment at the end of the show. <laughs> but um, I gotta say, Maul working with them and everything, killing the seventh sister, literally no problem. Obviously, he gets mad at Ezra because he hesitates. That was like pretty wild. Ain't gonna lie. He easily kills the fifth brother and kind of kills the eighth the eighth brother as well because he tried flying away and yeah that just was a complete but i, I kind of call that i, I say uh kanan did that one because kanan's the one that broke the lightsaber oh yeah kanan broke that lightsaber i forgot maul broke the fifth brother's one yeah before he murdered him yeah i know literally cold blood but the calling of ezra his apprentice like oh man these these vibes happening maul, maul turning on them Kanan and Maul fighting. Fighting. Kanan becoming blinded. Oh, I get General Rom Coda vibes here from yeah, Force same. Unleashed. Not gonna lie. And Kanan still bests Maul when he's blinded. He focuses on the Force, his That's all his other senses. And it makes me excited to see what happens next season. Like, how does Kanan adapt? The whole adaptation of it all is gonna be wild. Yeah, I, I can't crazy. wait. I can't wait to rewatch it. I really can't. 
but I have to say Ahsoka getting to the top, Vader showing up finally, and the confrontation of Ahsoka and Vader. Finally! Oh my god. The fight we've been waiting for all season, the face-off we've all wanted to see since the Clone Wars. To see... It did not upset. No, not at all. To see part of Anakin's face in there. And to hear Anakin's voice. Yes, the Clone Wars voice. And the whole thing of Ahsoka now knowing that this is her master. Chilling stuff. And Ezra and Kanan getting the holocron. And Ahsoka basically sacrificing herself. Yeah. The temple basically blows. Causes a blast. And Maul escapes. Maul escapes. Vader walks out. Maul flies. A glimpse of Ahsoka Ahsoka. walking away. Mm -hmm. And... The crew returns to their secret base. Kanan realizing he has to adapt, and Ezra unlocks a Sith holocron. We got big stuff coming in season three, man. The Flash. Now, Rob, I gotta ask you. Top moments. Zeb, Callus, without a doubt. That it, it's huge because of the Agreed. sign of respect. Callus basically looking like he's in his quarters rethinking things, without a doubt. Um. Ezra becoming stronger in the Force, knowing how to control nature and animals now without tapping into the dark side this time. Yeah. Bigger creatures and more creatures at the same time. This is also true. And Hera improving herself as this pilot when, like I said earlier, you don't see it when a pilot has to prove themselves to fly a ship. You know, also true. I felt like that was a first-time thing, and it's really cool that we got to see something different. You know, how about you? What, uh, what top moments you got for me? Top moments for me, inside the Jedi Temple on Lothal, Ezra and Yoda's conversation, you know. Just yeah. trying to, Ezra's so hung up on trying to figure out how to destroy the Sith, how to stop the Empire, and finding out that Yoda's a regular person. He's not as glorious as he makes himself to be or as has people talk about Yoda. And we knew this, too. Yeah, we knew this. From season six. We knew this from, yeah, from his trials. Um, Another another big moment for me is, yeah, you know, we find out that uh, Agent Callus isn't so bad, but more so him sitting alone in his quarters. He has no friends. Our little combat at on Concord Dawn. Finding out Sabine is clan ran of House Vizsla. Like, she's helping out rebels, and her family is probably one of the worst villains. Yeah, Death War. Watch. So that's also, like, amazing. And to see Ezra get tempted to the dark side, and Maul constantly trying, like, now that Moff has found a young apprentice, he's trying to enact the, his rule of, rule two. of two. You know, it's, ugh. Yeah. It's great stuff. And of course, Ahsoka versus Vader. You can't knock that yeah. out. Yeah. No, that's 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 my best fight in this season. I know I'm jumping the gun right there, but that's the best fight right there. That's where I was going next. But I like that fight. To me personally, I like the fight Kanan and Ezra have against the two Inquisitors. At in the, the start open, of, yes, the opening. In the okay. opening, in the opening of uh, episode 18, right before they go to the Jedi Temple. That fight, like, just to see how they progressed and how in sync they are as Master and Apprentice is just really nice. No, and, I agree. Uh, that is a good fight. Rob, before we get to, before we close with our MVPs, I just want to know, do we have another edition of Rob's Easter Eggs? Dun, 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 dun. Yes, we do. We have... A reference to Commander Cody in Episode 9 with the Code Protocol. Whoa. You know, I love that because Rex and Cody go way back in the Clone Wars. 
Um, in our finale, our Kylo Ren lookalike green lightsaber in the War for the Jedi, <laughs> which didn't ver- didn't last very long, I gotta say. Didn't um, last. I remember that. I remember seeing that when the show, when that episode premiered, I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. That's from the new Star Wars trailer. Yeah. So that was actually kind of cool, I thought. Our look at Wolf with the OG Wolfpack helmet, your favorite guys, the Wolfpack, you know? I fucking hate the Wolfpack. <laughs> They're not my favorite. I they know. do nothing. They contribute absolutely nothing. That, that's why I call them your favorite. <laughs> they sit at home doing nothing, eating Cheetos, waiting to get called. And I love the little Easter egg for me is Ezra wearing Rex's helmet. I, I that because you first see Rex's helmet and you're like, whoa, it's Rex's helmet. Wait a helmet, minute. Yeah, you're it's like, not, oh my god. It's not Rex wearing it though. It's Ezra. Ezra. Like, yeah. I like that because right. now you see Ezra actually wearing something that's not of the Empire. Nice nostalgia. Now, Rob. You sure said. Before it. we before we close the show, before we get to our little news segment, I just want to know who's your MVP this season. The MVP is 100% Itara. Oh, okay. I was between... Wow, we are two weeks in a row agreeing. I was between Ezra and Hera because Ezra's grown so well. But knowing, waiting to rewatch for the next couple seasons is... I have to say Hera for this one because also, like I said earlier, the gr- like having a pilot to prove themselves, to me, that's awesome because we yeah. get something different. So um, For me, I, it's also Hera, you know, two weeks in a row. Who would have thought? We're on fire. I guess we're so in sync. Master and apprentice. Who's the master and who's the apprentice? The world may never know. Um, But it's Hera because Hera really grows into a leader this season. Like, in season one, we know she's the leader of, you know, Spectre Squadron, whatever. But, like, here we see her a leader in, like, this rebellion. Taking initiative, you know, when... Kanan doesn't want to join up with them in the beginning. She convinces him. She shows him that there's a bigger picture. You have to think beyond yourself. And even the episode on when she's helping out her father, how she inspires her people and she inspires her father, saying you can't focus on the little things going on in your planet. Can you imagine what's going on in hundreds of other systems? Yeah, you can't just think for yourself. And she really, like, she grows into a leader. I also thought Ezra, just because I saw how Ezra grew, but didn't have the personal impact that Hera did. Hera did, yeah. Because Hera really's grown into herself. She's a leader. There's no I think she's the most complete character up to this point in the series. Yeah. Everyone else has, still has a bit to grow. But it's Hera true. is like she's on point. It's she knows true, what she wants. There's gonna be some big things to come. Rob, do we got any news? Yeah, just a little bit of news by our good friend uh Giancarlo Esposito, who plays our love that guy. Good friend Moff, Moff Gideon. Gideon. And he teases to us that we're going to get answers for a lot of this stuff in this huge universe of Star Wars with Mandalorian and everything in seasons three and four. Oh, three and four. man. We haven't even started season two yet. October 30th, people. Like, what the hell? At least we know the show go- is going to have four seasons. I mean, that's at least a- there's that. That's a good if positive. Disney doesn't cancel it before then. Oh, well, I think... Uh, by then, hopefully Dave Filoni and John Favreau are just running Lucasfilm, where this will not get canceled at that point. This is also true. I'm excited yeah. to see more. I'm excited for season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Yo, we got, we got a lot of big things coming, man. We got great stuff coming. But your clone trooper, Robbie Rockets, 12617, is signing off. And it's your Jedi Master, the dude Dario. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Have a good week, y'all.